The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. And we are back for on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty on vacation this week. Uh, right here, Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us on Sirius XM Channel 159 as we are taking a look at everything going on tonight. Uh, NBA, NHL, College Rack. We are previewing some of the NFL games for this week, week 13. Um, and we are going to get into the college later on as well, as we have to talk about uh, the Notre Dame. I mean, I've been so hot about this Notre Dame thing for two days, Mafia. I have to finish it off now tonight with the good news that they actually now will have a head coach, and they are going to take 35-year-old Marcus Freeman, who was the defensive coordinator only for one year. He came over from Cincinnati. Uh, Reports are saying he's going to be the head coach, and they kept offensive coordinator Tommy Reese, him, uh, both those guys, and several others were offered by Brian Kelly to go to LSU. Everybody has allegedly said no. They're all going to stay in South Bend, keep the continuity together, and try to make things happen. I think it's risky, Mafia, for Notre Dame because he's young and he's never been a head coach before, but he's a supposedly a dynamite recruiter. We always joke around here on uh, the bench and on Coast to Coast, well, he's a great recruiter. So that's that's great to hear, uh, and the kids absolutely love him. They've all been tweeting that he should get the job for the last 24 hours, and it looks like that's going to be the way. Marcus Freeman, new coach at Notre Dame. Yeah, I was very surprised when I saw this. You know, A, that this is who they were picking, and B, that it happened so fast. I mean, obviously Swarbrick said that he wasn't surprised that Kelly left, so maybe this is something that they were, you know, doing their own due diligence on behind the scenes, you know, knowing that this guy was probably going to bail on him. Maybe they're saying, all right, well, who are we going to get if we want, you know, do we want one of these guys? Do we want to go after someone else? But, you know, for a program in Notre Dame that is so often made the splashy hire, the big name hire, you know, the getting someone who's the, the up and comer, you know, the hottest commodity type of coach. I'm surprised that they went in house and that they did it so quickly and are, you know, bringing a guy who hasn't really been in the program that long. Like I said, one year he's had success, obviously at Cincinnati before this, obviously, you know, a lot of success here with how well the defense has played, especially the last couple games and the players love him. But I'm surprised with the high profileness of Notre Dame. You know, that's one of those places just like, you know, we talked about with USC, with, you know, LSU, Florida, all, a lot of these open jobs. It's that, well, they need the splashy hire to, you know, satisfy their fan base because 
you know, sometimes they're a little spoiled, you know, the Notre Dame fans. They think that things are owed to them and that they rule college football and they want the best of the best. And I'm surprised that they were able, that they did this hire. But we'll see how it is. You know, a guy with no head coaching experience is definitely risky. It's such a high profile job. But we'll see how he performs. If he's so beloved and, you know, supposedly a great young mind, we'll see if he can get things going, you know, a la a, uh, you know, not exactly the name to bring up, I'm sure, because of him being a backstabber to his place now but you know a la lincoln riley when he got that oklahoma job right lincoln well the, the examples you look to now these were also offensive guys but still is lincoln riley and ryan day at ohio state i mean younger guys who were taking over programs that were already perennial top five top ten programs and they have kept it that way marcus freeman now is going to have to do that with notre dame and also get them over the hump uh, because Kelly's been winning 10, 11 games every year, but they haven't been winning the national title. So now Marcus Freeman, 35 years old, he's going to get the opportunity to do that. Uh, but I think it does say a lot about him that the kids rallied around him so quickly. We welcome in our radio affiliates right here. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight as he's on vacation on Sports Grid Radio, taking a look at everything that's happening. We're going to get back to some more NFL Week 13. Talking about Notre Dame hiring Marcus Freeman here. I think it says a lot that all the kids who, you know, they all rallied around Freeman and Tommy Reese, that assistants who had been there longer than Freeman, longer than Reese under Brian Kelly, are going to stay with them as well. I think it does say a lot. And I think it also does factor into what you said. I think maybe there was a couple people around that place who did know that there was a chance that Kelly might uh, go out the back door on them. And maybe they were prepared. Because I, I, I thought that he could get the job mafia, but I didn't think it would be this fast. I thought that they would, they would court a couple of other people, whether it's Luke Fickle or Matt Campbell or whatever. This, this does show, like you said, that they had an idea this was happening, and they've probably been keeping their eye on how Marcus Freeman uh, operates around uh, the program and around the kids. Yeah, and it also you know speaks to the relationship he has with these other guys that they're offered to all go to LSU. You know, probably well, not guaranteed to you know probably with a pay raise. You know, because we saw what they were willing to spill on uh, you know on the, the head coach there in, in Kelly, and they said, you know what, no, even though some of those guys you know were probably up for that job too, or probably considered, or think that they should be a could be a head coach, and still said, you know, no, I'm willing to coach under this guy who doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the success, doesn't have you know the pedigree in a way. And you know, see where we go from here. So it speaks a lot to him, his character, and what these guys think of. Now I'm sure he's going to coach them in whatever bowl game uh, it's going to be. Um, listen, I, I don't think it's going to be a the playoff. I think a lot would have to happen for them to get there. But first game next year also against Ohio State. So right in the fire for Marcus Freeman in South Bend. All right, Pharrell on the bench, Carver High Mafia in for Scotty Sports Grid Radio. We'll come back. Keep taking a look at tonight's games right after this. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to Sports Grid, the home of the winning edge, carrying on the fine tradition of sports gaming from all the way back to ancient Rome. But they never had a mobile app. So count your blessings, sport. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench with Scott Pharrell. And we are back for On the Bench. Carver Hyde Mafia in for Scotty here as he's on vacation. Sports Grid Radio, good to have you with us. Uh, it is a final in uh, Chapel Hill, 72-51. North Carolina beats him by 21 points. Michigan goes down big time uh, there. So big W for them. I'm actually watching a really good one right now. Wisconsin and Georgia Tech as uh, they are coming down the stretch right now. Uh, down... Uh, they're at Tech's place. One second here, Mafia. Let me just get you the uh, 65-61. Three minutes to go, uh, and Wisconsin leads that one. UCLA uh, struggling a little bit with Colorado tonight. 49-44, about halfway through the second half in that one. Uh, elsewhere, Seton Hall did beat Wagner tonight, 85-63. There you go, Moff. Georgia beat Memphis. Memphis now, uh, who's supposed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, has now lost to, to uh, Iowa State and Georgia in the past week. So nice job by them. Michigan State beat Louisville. Arkansas crushed a tomato can. Oklahoma beat Florida. Iowa State beat a tomato can. Uh, Late night game. Ooh, we love these. 11.30 p.m. Eastern tip-off. Utah and USC. We love the bailout blowout games, Mafia. The 11.30 p.m. tip-offs. Those are always fun. Yeah, you know, the Pac-12 is not going to be good for a uh, champion in either football or basketball. You know, might as well give us those kind of games that we can watch late night for those of us night owls insomniacs. Yeah, and try to get, if you lost a couple bucks, try to get a few back on the late night game. Uh, Always fun to do. All right, let's keep rolling through uh, Week 13 NFL. We've gone through a bunch of the games already. This next one, the Giants are in South Beach to take on Flipper and the Dolphins. Uh, the story here, of course, was last night, Mafia, the, the reports that Daniel Jones uh, possibly wasn't going to play during a neck injury that he suffered against the Eagles last Sunday. Now, today, Jones spoke and said, no, well, we don't know yet. I think I'm going to be able to go, so we'll, we'll see what happens. So I, I don't think we have 100% clarity on the giant quarterback situation. It would be Mike Glennon. That's right, Mike Glennon. If Daniel Jones cannot go, Miami has been playing some really good football. They've won four in a row. Now, minus four and a half at home, 40 and a half as a total. This is another game, Mafia, that I absolutely love the under in this game, Giants and Dolphins. Yeah, this is a game where you're going to have to wonder, you know, how many points are the Giants going to score against a Philadelphia team who's not that great that you only put up 13. Now you're going to play defense who's rolling on all cylinders in Miami. This defense is just picking people apart. You saw what they did to Cam Newton last week. Uh, you know, how much does the Giants defense match up against Waddle, Tua, and the Dolphins offense is the question as far as the total. It's a low number. I don't think the Giants are going to put up a ton of points. I think they could. You know, it depends on what the uh, the Dolphins are going to do. I think that's a 
an iffy under. It could be. That might be one I look for the alt total and maybe get a couple more points before I definitely say that I'm locking the under on that one. But, I mean, I think Miami should win this one. I think they should, you know, cover the spread as well. The Giants are just not a good team. Yeah, everybody's banged up all the time on offense, and the guys that do play barely perform. Daniel Jones is, you know, signing his death warrant in New York with the way he's played, I think, in the last couple of games. I just don't think it's good enough, and I think that they're going to get rid of him and clean house and start over, and this is the march towards the end here. The last six games here are going to be very, very ugly in New York, and I think the Dolphins win this. Four-and-a-half point favorites now. Uh, I agree with you. I do think the Dolphins are going to win the game, but I like the under more than anything else. Not a lot of points in that game as far as I see. Here's our uh, fishy line of the week, Mafia. We always love these. Uh, the The football team heading to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Only two and a half. I kind of thought the Raiders would be a little bit more, especially a little extra rest. Uh, Washington playing on a Monday night. Raiders played on Thanksgiving. So that's a lot of extra rest compared to where Washington's at. And it's under a field goal. This makes me open the eyes a little bit more, Mafia. And I think I'm going to be backing the football team on the road this week. Really? I'm surprised about that. You know, I, I don't love either of these teams. Neither of them are too, you know, programs or franchises where you can say, okay, I feel confident. Early in the year, you match these two teams up, I'm all over the Raiders. They're kicking butt and taking names to 3-0. Then they have, you know, stuff happen with Gruden. They're still winning, still looking even better in some ways. But it's been a downhill slide ever since then. They had a good bounce back against Dallas to put up a bunch of points. I don't know if Washington keep up, you know, with the team that can put up points like the Raiders can when they're rolling. So with that extra rest and the way they performed last week, I'm on Vegas to win this game because Heineke's fun to watch. He's exciting. He's a good story. But they really don't put up that many points. So I don't think they can keep up with Vegas. Vegas can get, you know, to 20, 25 points in this game. Yeah, but we've seen weeks where the Vegas disappears as well. We have seen some weeks where uh, they are very Jekyll and Hyde, as usual, uh, with Vegas. I was totally floored that they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I know the Cowboys were missing guys. I get it. But I was still surprised that with Dak playing that they were able to beat them. So that was a nice effort by them. I don't know. They got helped by the refs, too. Oh, they got a lot of help by the refs. A lot of defensive PIs, and I'd say at least, you know, four of them, and I'd say two to three of them were very questionable. (laughs) There was uh, some very, very, very sketchy calls in that Cowboy Raider game on Thanksgiving. Uh, Ravens and the Steelers, uh, 4.25 p.m. Eastern game on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Uh, Minus four and a half. Ravens, the road favorite here as one of the best rivalries in the NFL. Totals 44. I do believe this, Mafia. I, I don't. I, we know that the Steelers are on the down. Uh, shall we just say Roth Big Ben's on the down? I mean, that's going to be the major change in Pittsburgh whenever it happens. Tomlin's not going anywhere. But I just feel like he's going to have one or two more games this year. They're not going to make the playoffs, but he's going to give you vintage Ben maybe one or two more times before he goes away. And maybe against the hated Ravens, that could be it. It could be, you know, if you've watched or listened to Scott over the years, you know, one of the things he loves to say, you know, you'll hear all the time, rivalry game, rivalry game, and, you know, that you can't lay a bunch of points in a rivalry game. Not that four and a half is a huge amount. I mean, I think if you're looking at who these teams really should be, especially if you're looking at the record, it should be a lot more. But with the way that these two teams play each other, you know, Lamar looked terrible last week. I don't expect him to do the same this week, given that, you know, you have a number of players on the defensive side like Watt out for Pittsburgh that are key cogs in that wheel. Uh, and I think that Pittsburgh is in a free fall right now. 
but still, this is you know one of those when you just got to bet on not who the teams are, but how they play each other. I don't think the Steelers are a good team, but Baltimore shouldn't look like a good team last week either, so I'll bet on the Steelers to cover this one. Yeah, I'm leaning Steelers. They just screwed me so badly against the Bengals last week that I don't want to go back to them. Like, they really, like, I, I was on them last week. I was like, I think they're going to show up. They're going to play. They've lost to them already this year, and they got completely whacked. You got the nonsense this week with Claypool and the music. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can go back Man to just wants to dance. What's wrong with that? He just wants to dance. I understand that. I respect Sometimes him. a man has just got to dance. <laughs> he just wants to dance. That's all. Uh, under a minute left to go here. Wisconsin up two on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has the rock here. Uh, this is a very good game that we have going on as the ACC Big Ten Challenge getting towards the end. Uh, 37.8 seconds to go. Passner calls timeout as Georgia Tech is going to talk about it. Down two with the ball against Wisconsin. Uh, let me tell you where else we are at, Mafia, since we're doing a couple live things before we go to the break. Uh, Kings up 20 against the Clippers at Staples. Now, the Kings were up on the Lakers last night, Mafia, at home, and they choked it away and got blown out in the second half. Do we take the Clippers plus 9.5 at home here, down 20, and they're going to make a run in the second half? This might be a good spot for the Clippers here. Yeah, I would absolutely take the nine and a half. Heck, you might even you know throw a couple bucks on the plus three seventy five just to win outright. Ah, I'm not as good on that because it's twenty. Can they come back from twenty? It is the NBA. Anything's possible. Pharrell on the it's bench, Overhind Mafia in for Scotty here on Sports Grid Radio. We'll come back, see what the happens at the end of this Wisconsin game and more. We're rolling on the grid after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Such a badass. He just absolutely is a monster in the block. I just want to feel my burger finger up. You're so money and you don't even know it. And we are back from the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight right here on Sports Grid Radio. Wisconsin wins, Mafia, and they cover 70-66. to Nice job by the Badgers on the road taking care of business. Uh, so that was a good one here uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. The North Carolina-Michigan game was not a good one, but there you go there. Now, you mentioned to me during the break that maybe part of the reason – to possibly stay away from the clips tonight is, and you ne- and this is part of the problem with the NBA, you never know who's playing and who isn't. Uh, PG-13 out tonight for the clips, right, Moff? Yeah, he is not at the game, so if he's not there, I'm not betting on him. I know Reggie Jackson has done you know, great things in the last couple of years, but uh-huh. I'm not taking my money on him alone. They've already cut it to 12. It's not even halftime yet. <laughs> so like I said, run 12. to the window and bet all on the Clippers. 
<laughs> They've already cut it to 12. Amazing. 20-point lead. And listen, it's quick in the NBA, man. It is quick how these things work. It's the best sport where you can, you know, you can get a middle at some point on both teams uh, during the game. It really is. Uh, you can get both teams at plus points. Um, it's just wild, the swings in-game with these NBA games. Uh, back to the NFL, Moff. We've got a couple more games to get through here to finish off the week. Uh, the Rams have lost three in a row. They return home for the Jags on Sunday. So they've maybe a nice little landing spot for the Rams after a couple bad performances. They're laying just under two touchdowns, minus 13, totals 47 and a half. Is this finally, do we get a little get-right week for the Rams here at home? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Although it feels yeah. like, you know, that that's, it feels like a trap because we've had so much faith in this team and they've just gone down, down, down and have had some very ugly performances. But, and, you know, against this team, they should, you know, especially at home while the Jacksonville's got to fly across the country because, you know, <sighs> Yes, Jacksonville sometimes will surprise you and cover a spread. I don't see them doing it here. I mean, we look with look at how they got blown out of home by the 49ers. I mean, they were tight against the Colts, and they should have been, but still. Tight, you know, they beat the, the Bills, yeah, but they got blown out by – all right, here's the one that I'll tell you the most. They got blown out by the Seahawks on the road on the West Coast. So if you can get smoked by the Seahawks, I have no faith in you. L.A. rolls here. Yeah, I actually think this is a great spot for the Rams. And the Rams have had some of these games at home against lesser opponents where, you know, they kind of run, go through the motions. They either don't cover, sometimes get upset. I don't see that this week, especially since they've lost three in a row. And McVay is just foaming at the mouth to lay a big number on somebody. And he's got the, the hapless Jaguars coming in. This is a great spot, I think. Laying a big number with the Rams. Uh, laying big numbers hasn't been very successful this year in the NFL, but uh, I think that that's going to be a good spot to do it. You mentioned the Seahawks and the Niners before. Well, they play each other this week. Uh, the 49ers, road favorites, minus three. Seattle beat them in San Francisco way back at the start of the season. Things are a lot different now for both teams uh, as the Seahawks are coming off that Monday night loss in D.C. against the football team. And you have the Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Yeah, you want to say finger pointing back and forth. That's exactly what you got. Seahawks, another home dog here, Mafia, this week. Yeah, listen, Mike, I mean, I know they've had their struggles, you know, especially after Wilson is back. But, you know, you sign Adrian Peterson. If you get a running game with his team, and then you can get it. <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't even keep a straight yeah. face saying that. No, they're going to get slaughtered. They suck. Uh, Seattle should tear the thing down now and start looking for trade partners, you know, for the offseason for Russell Wilson, see what you can get for him. Start already feeling the best offers, even if you can't trade him yet, because uh, your franchise is done. You're far from the days of the Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers are going to smoke them, even though the 49ers aren't a great team themselves. No, they are not. Uh, and But the 49ers now, uh, you call it what it is, they've started playing well at the right time, and their schedule has helped them to get to that. They've played a lot of lousy teams the last few weeks, but hey, that's the way that it goes sometimes. And they get another opportunity with the Seahawks this week to keep rolling it up on these lousy teams. So the Niners, road favorite, I lean to the Niners here this week. Like the over as well, 45 and a half. I think we'll get some points. Sunday By the way, going back game. to Jacksonville, Mike, how many people do you yes. think down there in Florida were, uh, you know, kind of shocked and very disappointed when Urban Meyer says, I will not leave for any college job. I love it here in the NFL. You think some of them were like, you sure? Wouldn't you like to coach Notre Dame? Wouldn't you like to coach USC? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm interested in how that's going to work out at the end of the year. Like, you had the nonsense with him staying in Cincinnati after the Thursday night game. They made such a big deal about him being, you know, uh, the video of him in the bar with the girl sitting on his leg. And really the bigger thing was is that he left the team behind, you know, to go and do that. That was the big thing everybody made a big deal about. They're going to win, what, four games tops, maybe five, first year. After what happened, does Khan, who doesn't have a lot of patience, he's got a lot of money, that's for sure. He, but he's going to owe Meyer a lot. He's got to give him more than one year, Mafia. I don't think he's going to let him out the door after one year. No, I don't think so either. I mean, you, you knew this team wasn't going to be good. You're not the team that gets the number one pick and you automatically jump up, except if you're, you know, the, the Colts who had, you know, the season where luck wasn't there. Like, there's very few situations where you go actually from, you know, all out worst, not just worst in your division, but full on NFL worst to first. So I don't think anybody expected much out of them. But I feel like it has gotten worse as the year has progressed. There were some games earlier in the season. You're like, all right, you know, they're playing tough. They they only lost by three to the Bengals. You know, they're they're showing that they have some some metal to them. You know, they're putting up points, but just not stopping anybody. They beat the Dolphins in London. Maybe that's you know, even the Bills game. You know, it's those are some good performances, and then they're just sandwiched around them getting smacked around by some of these teams in some bad ways, like the 49ers coming to their their building and just destroying them. You would have to think that it'd be, you know, a long-term fix, but you also have, you know, a guy who's not used to failing like this and who has, you know, made excuses to get out the door before when things go bad. But the, you know what I'd like to see, Mafia? Maybe even in the last six games here for the Jaguars, like, can we see Trevor Lawrence have some moments? You know, like, I, I just don't feel like we've gotten those moments out of Trevor Lawrence in his first year in the NFL. Like, you look at some of these other guys the last few years. I mean, Burrow last year was having moments before he got hurt. You know, right. those guys that you have moments where you're like, even though the team sucks, your number one overall quarterback gives you that confidence where you're like, listen, we might not be good this year, but we know that we've got the guy. And I'm not saying he's not the guy yet, but I'd like to see him some moments. Like, one of these last few games or two of them, Give me a big fourth quarter comeback from Trevor Lawrence. Give me a big final drive in the last two minutes where Lawrence ends up being the hero. Like, I'd like to see that out of him at some point this year. Yeah, honestly, it's not looking, you know, this surefire, you know, franchise builder. Not that he has some great talent around him. You know, he's lost, he lost ATN. He, he doesn't have, you know, all pro talent at, at all these positions so that he could just pick up and be great. He's going to go through his lumps and things, but, you know, I agree. There has been a lot of – you barely even talk about him. The first couple of games, it's like, oh, Trevor Long, you know, like, oh, we'll show you this great touchdown pass, and then, okay, here's a couple picks. But there were some things that you could pick out. as like, oh, look at this great play he made. Just not seeing that much this week, you know, last couple of weeks here. Even in the you know game against the Bills where they won, it's a team that's a much better team. They, they won with three field goals. You know, you're not seeing great things out of him right now. It's looking more of like a uh, you know Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston top of the draft, than some of these other guys that we've seen come through like a Joe Burrow. Yeah, and, and they do have some games where maybe he'll be able to do it. You know, they play the Texans later this month. They play the Jets. You know, maybe maybe there'll be a moment against one of the lesser teams where Trevor Lawrence can finally step up and do something. Uh, Sunday night game this week, the Broncos are in Kansas City at Arrowhead against the Chiefs. This was 10 earlier this afternoon. We were doing coast to coast. Now nine and a half. Gone down half a point. Chiefs off a bye, Moff. The Broncos are so weird. Like, I, I, I keep thinking they're done. I don't think that they're a great team, but then they go and win these games that 
I just think they have no business winning. I don't think they're going to do that here this week, but are they going to cover the nine and a half? They've played the Chiefs tough a lot the last couple of years, even though they never beat them. Yeah, they do never beat them. In fact, uh, our boy James, who's running coast to coast today, wanted me to make sure to tell you that they haven't won. You know, if they win this one, it'll be like you know six years straight that they've beaten them. Uh, they've won like a twelve straight or something like that in this series. So the Chiefs have a lot of covers, and you know, another team that it's been a Jekyll and Hyde throughout the NFL this year. You know, this is a team that. 3-0, we thought they were fake 3-0, but still, they lost four in a row. We're like, all right, this is the team we expect. Then they smoke the Cowboys. Then they destroy the Chargers, two teams that you know are much better than them. But they also lost to the Eagles. So, you know, you, you can't tell who they are and who Teddy Bridgewater is for this team. So it's very hard to stick with them. I know the Chiefs have gotten going lately now. But still, I think that you got to get a cover from the Broncos. I don't think you don't have the Chiefs at full strength yet of what they really could be, and you're going to get a couple plays from Teddy and that defense to keep the Broncos in the game. I'm dropping a hammer, Moff. Chiefs, baby. Maybe I'm just going after the Broncos because they beat me last week when I had the Chargers. But I'm going after them again. Chiefs minus 9.5 off the bye. Going to be fresh at home. You just talk about Sunday all these covers. I don't care. I'm going. The, the, the streak got to end at some point, Moff. Let's go. Chiefs minus 9.5, especially since it's now just gotten under 10. Might grab it tonight because I think it'll get back over 10 by the by the time we get to Sunday night. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. We'll come back. One more game in the NFL. We'll get to some of the college football championship games coming up this weekend as well. We keep rolling on Sports Grid Radio right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's a jungle out there. So many possibilities, prospects, and probabilities. It's easy to become overwhelmed. That's where we come in. Relax. We're your trusted source for expert information on sports gaming strategies and information. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench with Scott Pharrell. And we are back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. Good to have you with us here. Scotty on vacation this week. So you've got me and Mafia. Uh, the hockey game off. Teddy Bluger tying it up for the Penguins. Now 2-2 in Edmonton. Uh, that, of course, uh, the featured game of the night in the NHL. Uh, the Ducks have now blasted out to a 4-1 lead on the Knights. No scoring in the first period. Now five goals in the second. Oh, that was probably a juicy in-game total after the first period, Moffat. That probably got down to three and a half, and you can now cash it here. Uh, five goals in the third, in the second between the Ducks and the Knights there. Uh, NBA, only one game going on right now. Down to 10, Moffat. Halftime, 62-52. They sliced it in half. It was They were up 20. The in-game line was nine and a half. Now they're down 10 in-game lines, 4.5 for the Clippers and the Kings. 
That's a huge swing. I mean, we know basketball is a game of runs, but when you're missing your top two players like the Clippers are, you know, it's uh, surprising how these guys are stepping up and playing great right now. We'll see if they can continue that in the second half or if the halftime kind of killed the momentum and, you know, the Sacramento's going to go on their own run. That's going to be the key is who comes out with the big run here to start the half. Who are, you know, do the Kings get a firmer grasp on things and get back to a nice cushion there? Or do the Clippers come back and get this thing, you know, squared away? Because then they're in prime position to finish the comeback and get the win. And in college hoops, we've been through most of it. Everything's pretty much a final. We know North Carolina beat up Michigan. Wisconsin beat Georgia Tech. Earlier, Michigan State beat Louisville. Uh, Seton Hall with the big win over Wagner. Uh, the Seahawks mafia out of Staten Island. Lose by 22 uh, to, Seton, to uh, Seton Hall tonight. There was one big upset in the top 25 as 12th-ranked BYU uh, loses outright to Utah Valley, 72-65 in overtime. Utah Valley Mafia beating BYU tonight. They'll be partying on campus. Yeah, that's embarrassing for BYU. I mean, if you lost to Utah, Utah State, there's a bunch of Utah teams that they can lose yeah. to, you know, given uh, the rivalry and the, the getting up to try to knock down your, uh, you know, in-state opponent, but... That shouldn't have been one of them. No, it should not have been. So there's your night uh, in college. Take away their number. Uh, no, take it away. They should drop out of completely out of the top 25 after losing that game. Uh, they should completely fall out of it. Uh, we went through all the NFL Week 13 except Monday night, uh, which is very significant to me, Mafia. The Patriots and the Bills in the below as the Patriots now in first. Hey, 8-4. and four. Bills are 7-4. and four. Minus two and a half. This has gone under three. And I don't like that it's moving towards the Patriots, Mafia. I don't like it at all. <laughs> well, I know you like being the underdog, so the more it moves to the Patriots, the yes. better chance you have you know, people not expecting the win for the Bills. That's the prime time slot for you. I mean, I just think right now the Patriots are playing amazing, and it, it sucks. I hate to say it because, you know, just like you, I've been a – person who is taking a beating in the AFC East for many years at the hands of the Patriots and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And you thought when they broke up the band, we'd have a couple of years of being able to, you know, stomp back on them. And instead they're getting right back up and kicking everybody a year later. I think that they're, they're playing incredibly well. Uh, the Bills had a nice bounce back against the Saints, but the Saints are absolutely awful. I think that they've shown against you know some of these other teams. That the Colts game showed me a lot. I just don't think they're playing their best ball right now. And until they can get that running game going and that defense, you know, to step up back to the level that they should be at, I got to go with the hot team, which is the Patriots. I, I hate to say it, wow. almost hearing it. I'm going to take New England on the road. Just giving me the business here. I can't believe it. I don't want to um, say it as look, much as you don't want to hear it. I'm obviously leery about the game because whenever it involves the Patriots, uh, I'm leery. And I'm very confident in my team. They've been sloppy the past six weeks. There's no question about it. But I keep handing going back to Mafia that this is going to be the first time Mac Jones is playing in a, in a really, really nasty environment. The road games he's played this year, um, they've been, I'm not going to say cushy, but they haven't been that serious. He's going on Monday night primetime game in the B-Low with Bills Mafia. That's going to be significant, I feel. First true road environment since he was at Alabama. And I think it could make a little bit of a difference. Uh, Josh Allen, I think he's going to have to do a little bit more on the ground. I feel like Bill's going to take away the air because they ripped him up in Foxborough at the end of last year. Different Patriot team, but I think he's going to make Josh Allen maybe try to run around 
and let Matthew Judon and those other guys take wax at him. I, I think that that's going to be Bill's plan. He knows the Bills can't. He knows Belichick knows the Bills can't run the ball, Mafia, and he's going to make them try to do it. That's why he's going to drop a lot of guys into coverage and force the Bills to actually run the football. Right as of right now, you know the forecast for Monday is rain during the day, snow at night, and a whole lot of wind gusts. So it's going to be a, a rough, you know, battle it out on the ground type of game. Do you trust the Bills to get it going in that way? Well, I do because that's why they drafted that quarterback. That's why they went and got the strong-armed Josh Allen out of Wyoming to play in the elements and to play in the in Buffalo. And it's 22 mile an hour winds at this point, 36 mile an hour gusts. I, I don't care how strong your arm is, that ball is getting knocked down. Well, I'll say this: at least Allen maybe has played in some elements like that. I don't know how many times Mac Jones has being out of Alabama. I don't know how many of those he's played in. So. We know the Patriots like to run the rock, and that'll be their bread and butter, but it's going to be difficult for everybody if that ends up being the forecast. Man, ESPN's going to love that. They get themselves a little snow in Buffalo on Monday night for the Patriots and the Bills. They are going to absolutely love that. Uh, Before we get out of here, Mafia, I did want to go through a couple of the college football conference championship games this weekend. Um, Let me bring up the, uh, the good ones. Uh, there are a couple other ones. I do like some of the smaller ones, Mafia. I love Utah State against San Diego State. That's up to six and a half. Love Louisiana Lafayette against App State in the Sun Belt final. Um, let's start with the ones that matter. Baylor and Oklahoma State, Big 12 championship, Jerry's World, noon Eastern on Saturday. Cowboys minus four and a half, 46 and a half is the total. If you listen to Gary Barta, we played him on Coast to Coast today. It sounds to me that if Oklahoma State wins... No matter what Cincinnati does, that committee seems like that they're willing to nudge Oklahoma State ahead of them off. Well, I think that Oklahoma State is going to get in if they win, but I don't think it's going to be on Cincinnati's back. Is you know while they do hate Cincinnati and they have made it abundantly clear, if you are not in the Power Five, they don't give a damn about you. Uh, I think that oh, Alabama's going to get you know knocked out here. I think they're going to lose to Georgia. Yeah. And while the, the situation has been talked about over and over for many weeks here, you know, once they got that loss to A&M, like, oh, well, can you still get in Alabama, you know, as a, a, you know, a tight loss to Georgia? I think that went out the window last week. And maybe not because they love them and they're going to try to do anything to help out the big teams like they always do the committee. But you can't tell me that you are one of the best four teams in the country when you play a rivalry team in Auburn with their backup quarterback and you almost blow the game, and you have to go, you know, quadruple overtime to beat them, and really should have lost the game if not for a dumb play. I think that, to me, that that can't knock them out of the rankings because they got the win. But I think it was, you know, a red mark in the book, so that once they do win this week, it automatically knocks them out. And then, as long as Cincinnati and Oak State win, they get those spots. I agree with you. I I think Alabama's going to lose on Saturday. I do, uh, and and the reason for it is is their offense. It's not the same as the last few years. And and look, they shuffle new people in. They get so many guys going to the draft every year. They have to shuffle a lot of pieces in every season. And whether it's Bryce Young, a couple guys on the offensive line, skill position players, every year it looks different. And we just expect Alabama to be this machine every year. And offensively this year, they're not. I mean, watch them last week. Watch them against LSU. Watch them against Texas A&M. They're not the same offensive machine. And this week they're going to play the best defense in the country this year. They've been no joke. Georgia has smothered everybody. And as much as I wanted to see Georgia get pushed a little bit, maybe force their offense to finally win them a game, 
I don't think the Alabama offense is going to be able to do it against Georgia Mafia, and that's where I think, once again, Georgia's finally going to get this done. They haven't been able – Kirby hasn't been able to beat Nick Saban. I think he's got his best shot on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, there's been some games that the Georgia offense has had some incredible performances, but it, like you said, it's never been a situation where they've had to win the game. It's never been in doubt yeah. in, in most of those games. So, you know, they can show up. They have shown up, but a lot of it is, you know, short fields and things like that. While Alabama, it's funny to say because, you know, they say like, well, their offense isn't that good or just isn't as good as usual when – Bryce Young is still one of the top guys for the Heisman. And, you know, I just don't know. Maybe that just says how you know little that award has been, or or just that they give it to the same you know programs over and over, or just that it's been a weak field in general. I don't know, but still, they are not putting up the same points week in week out. There are some games that they do. There have been games that they light teams up, but it's usually some really bad teams and against a good defense. Like, not even a good defense, a great defense, a almost historic defense like Georgia's putting out there this year, I don't expect them to have a big game. And if that's the case, that's going to make it a lot easier for Georgia and a lot simpler in what they have to do to win this game. Because, you know, you know, we can bet on the spread. We can care about it. They don't give a damn about it. They just want the win. That's all they need. I think they'll cover the spread. I think they will win, but they don't care if they have to win ugly. That's the way they're going to do it, and that's the way this game's going to be. I think it's going to be ugly. For this one, the 49.5 might be a decent total to look at the under. You might get you know, 13 points from Alabama and 20 points from Georgia and then still yeah. cover and hit the under. Listen, unders have been great for Georgia this year. Look at the Georgia totals all year long. Been a lot of unders this year for the Bulldogs. Uh, do you think that Michigan is going to finish the job? Now, Lisey told me today on College Football Full Circle – and uh, happy birthday to Lisey, by the way. Uh, he decided not to tell me during the show. He tells me after so that I couldn't heap all the praise on him there and there. But happy birthday to our man, Joe Lisey. Uh, he told me today how the dog always covers in the Big Ten title game, Mafia. They never win, but they almost always cover. And that's why he's on, you know, he likes Iowa with the 10 and a half. I actually did like Michigan, he said also. But uh, Michigan minus 10 and a half here, Moff. I think that they grab the bull by the horns. There's no letdown for me. Harbaugh knows, first chance to get in the playoff, he's going to take care of business Saturday night. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, they've beaten down some teams at times. You just saw it last week against Ohio State, although I'm a little more leery to think that they can do that with Iowa. Iowa's a stronger team. They're not – I think they're as good as Ohio State, obviously. I'm not saying that. But I think defensively they're a little stronger. And we have seen some games where Michigan struggles against, you know, some good defensive teams or even some not good defensive teams. Rutgers they barely scored against earlier in the season. You know, they struggled against Penn State, just got the you know squeaked by them. I think this is a game that's, you know, huge for both teams obviously to win this title. And Iowa knows that they can ruin Michigan State's chances here. I think the number getting as high as it is is a little worrisome to me. I think that it could be a you know 10-point game. I don't know if we get to 10.5-11, so I'd have to lean Iowa too. Uh, I actually think Cincinnati will win, but I don't think they'll cover either, Mafia. 10.5 uh, for Houston for me. I think Houston pushes them in a, in, a, in a really good game on Saturday. I think Houston could push them. I think eventually Cincinnati pulls away. They know how important this is, and they're at home. I think that's a huge advantage for them. That does make a difference, that's for sure. The ACC has Pitt and Wake Forest on Saturday night. I love the over in that game, 71-and-a-half. You've also got Oregon and Utah on Friday night. Winner of that game most likely going to go to the Rose Bowl. All right, Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty right here on Sports Grid Radio. We come back and wrap it up on the grid right after this. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see, so... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. My buddy's a fan of yours in Vancouver, Canada, so he hears you crystal clear. I thought I'd let you know that. Time after time, I sit and I wait for your call. And we're back for All on the Bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty here on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, before we go, Mafia, as we said earlier in the show, this uh, lockout in MLB looks like it's going to happen. Talks ended after seven minutes. Uh, owners agreed that at some point uh, on Thursday they are going to put the lockout in order. But a couple teams did get some moves in Mafia beforehand. Dodgers do bring back Chris Taylor, $60 million bucks he gets. Marcus Stroman, gone from the Mets after signing Scherzer, of course. They weren't going to bring back Stroman. He goes to the Cubbies. Uh, in Chicago, he gets $70 million from them. The Red Sox traded Hunter Renfro to the Brewers, and they get back Jackie Bradley Jr. So a couple teams do make some moves before uh, the lockout officially gets going here. Yeah, everyone's trying to get those last-minute things in there, and it's going to be interesting to see now these guys that didn't sign some of these big names that, uh, you know, Correa and you know, some of these others that have to sit out and wait this out, what it's like for them, you know, what are they going to get when we get back here? They might have wanted to get a different deal in before we start, you know, restructuring how things are going to work when we get back out of this. might have been a bad move by them. Yeah, and here's one that I laughed at tonight. Uh, the Yankees, who have actually sat on their hands during this whole thing, they've done absolutely nothing. I saw a report, Yankees interested in Freddie Freeman. Oh, yeah, sure, because he's leaving the Atlanta Braves. Right. He's going to leave the Braves after winning the World Series. I'll believe that when I see it. Mafia, great stuff, my man. I will see you next week uh, as I'm gone. Off to New Orleans in the morning, baby. Saints-Cowboys tomorrow night there. Mafia, I'll see you then. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High Mafia. Scotty on vacation. We'll see you next time on The Grid. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.